Hello, and welcome once again to another edition of TSC Music Radio's Music with a Mission, where we take an in-depth view of the artists chosen by God to use their gift to glorify Him, the stories behind their music, and of course how the Lord has been with them in the process. Our guest is a gifted keyboardist, minister of music, who has been playing the songs of Zion in churches since he was a child. His name is Scott Cumberbatch. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions they fail not as thou hast been thou forever shall be great is thy faithfulness great is thy faithfulness Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hands have provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto Music with a Mission, I'm Derek Davis. And those nimble anointed fingers gliding across the 88s, lifting the Lord in praise with the classic, Great is Thy Faithfulness, is our guest, Scott Cumberbatch. Scott, great to have you on Music with a Mission. Thank you, sir. It's great to be here. First of all, Scott, that was great. Great song. You have a great voice. And you you play effortlessly. Thank you. Thank you. Took a look at your bio last night. Very impressive. You have no formal training and began playing the piano in preschool. Uh, stories like that always fascinate me. How did you become such an accomplished keyboardist with absolutely no formal training? All I can say was definitely the hand of God. Uh, my mom is a musician. Okay. And as a child, I was always in church with her and watching her play. But mm-hmm. um, I just happened to sit down at the piano one night and sat down and started playing, and the rest is history. 
and I thank God every day for the gift that he has given me. You currently hold a number of musical positions at a variety of churches. You're the musician at Koinonia and Christian Ministries in Patterson, New Jersey. We're a good friend of Times Square Church, Reverend Ed Fairley is pastor. And if you would be so kind to fill in the other blanks, you are at a number of other places, no? Yes, sir. Um, I am currently the director of the music ministry at Trinity Baptist Church in Hackensack, Mm -hmm. along with being a musician for um, the state organization of the Church of God for the state of New Jersey. Really? Along with being a musician for our National Association of the Church of God and minister of music for the North Jersey District Missionary Baptist Association. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Your your plate is kind of full. Always. Ever get burnt out? Yes, sir. <laughs> really? At least once a year, I know that I have to take at least a week and a half off to get myself regrouped. And What do you get burnt out from? From traveling um, and from just the long hours. My day normally starts between 5.30 and 6 o'clock every day. Mm. And for the most part, I'm not in the bed before 11, 12 o'clock at night. I so see. Very good. So it's just a physical thing. It's you just got to... Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I enjoy every moment of what I do, but the physical needs to get rest as well. Understood. Now, obviously, working with different ministries... There are different rehearsals. Absolutely. First, is the music similar or are there radical adjustments you have to make to accommodate those ministries? Well, it really depends on the age group that I'm dealing with. Um, If I'm dealing with youth, of course, it wouldn't be apropos to do a James Cleveland song. Okay. Um, So I have to look for something that's more appropriate for them. Um, And if I'm dealing with a mass choir that's a variety of ages, I try to accommodate everyone's flavor of music. So I'll do some old school, some new school, and some in-between school um, just to kind of accommodate and to make sure that the flow of worship is consistent as well as making sure that everyone is being ministered to. Yeah, yeah. I remember singing in a choir years ago, and I can remember many times the Holy Spirit taking over the rehearsals. I mean, instead of the choir learning songs methodically, rehearsals would actually be led by the Holy Spirit. Does that ever happen? Yes, sir. As a matter of fact, um, I'm in preparation now with North Jersey District for our semi-annual session, Mm -hmm. which is going to be uh, later on this month. Mm -hmm. And we were in rehearsal two weeks ago, and the Holy Ghost just came in and took over. We were in the middle of rehearsal, and we had to stop for about 25 minutes and just let the Lord have his way. Do you find when you get a visit from the Holy Spirit during rehearsal that the subsequent worship experience is taken to another level? Absolutely. How? Um, The people are now prepared for whatever may happen. Um, And, of course, when that one song that may have led us into full worship when we were in choir rehearsal Mm -hmm. um, may now spark another song to make that much more of a difference in the life of the singer as well as those that are listening to it. How do you know, though, when it is the Holy Spirit or just emotionalism based on something the Lord has done. Do you know what I mean? I mean, that is to say, there have been times when the Lord clearly has blessed me, and I, of course, didn't deserve it, you know, grace at its finest, and emotionally I was overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Then some well-meaning believer would say, the Holy Spirit is all over him. Has that ever happened to you? I mean, where people mistake... Mistake experience for the anointing? Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and the thing is, people don't know what you go through in your daily life. It could just be anything. And it can be one set of lyrics in a song mm-hmm. that'll just take you to another level because you've thought back to something that you just came through. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it is very difficult at times to understand what people are going through um, and to understand what it is about that song that touched them. So mm-hmm. a lot of people, instead of trying to delve in and find out what it is, just automatically say, oh, the Holy Ghost just took over. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Um, but yeah, so it is very difficult to kind of justify and to kind of figure out if it's just emotional or if it really is an infilling of the Holy Ghost. 
Does that ever happen with your choir? The, In trying to figure it out? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it really does, often, actually. Does, um, does it affect ministry? Not at all. Not at all, because um, one song can minister to you one way, and it can minister to me a, a different way. Um, and it's not that everybody has to be fill, filled with the Holy Spirit at the same time. Not everyone has to feel the exact same thing from mm. every song at the exact same time. Mm. Um, so I don't allow it to hinder worship because if you want to worship by yourself, it's okay. Right. You praise him by yourself. We'll help you. We'll go in and worship with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but the last thing I want to do is restrict worship. I, I think what I'm asking, and forgive me for just diving in like this. Not a problem. But I think what I'm asking is, you know, performance-based worship has always kind of vexed me. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I agree. Yeah. I agree. And... When it is emotional, it does have a tendency to be performance-based, no? Absolutely. Um, I look at, for example, when we were looking at the celebration of gospel on Sunday. Um, and oh, that, how, that, that's the award ceremony that came on television. Yes, on BET. Yeah. Um, and just looking at how there, were, there was the need for a hype man, uh, whether it was Kirk Franklin or anybody else, they had to come out and they had to kind of like pump the audience up. Hmm. That's emotional. Um, because if it really is the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, if that really is what it is, it's just going to move you. You're not going to need anybody to move you into that space. Right. So I do agree with you. Performance-based worship, I do have a major problem with So that. you have a problem with a hype man or, or anybody trying to pump up the audience. Absolutely. But what Absolutely. if the audience is just dry bones? Well, the Bible talks about the dry bones. Okay, um, and? With the dry bones, sometimes you just have to let the dead bury the dead. <laughs> okay. um, but they also need to understand that what it is in worship that we do, um, yes, it somewhat does take emotion, but at the same time, it also takes the right mindset. So if you come in with a mindset, well, I'm just going to sit here with my arms folded all the time and yeah. not do anything. Yeah. Well, that's just who you're going, what you're going to be and who you're going to be. Mm-hmm. And if that's who you are, hey, I'm fine with that. Right. But at the same time, don't be upset with me when I decide that I'm just going to lift my hands in true worship, in real worship, uh, because I'm grateful for what God continues to do for me, knowing that I'm not worthy of it. Um, and mm-hmm. that doesn't require performance at all. Right, right. Getting back to the award show that mm-hmm. that you were talking about, do you have a problem with the award show? Generally, no. Um, but I Generally? Have, generally, yeah. I don't have <laughs> okay. a problem with them, but I do have a problem when the value of what it is that you're doing loses its, its savor, loses its value. Okay. Um, for example, like Pastor Donnie McClurkin always says, gospel music, gospel by definition is the birth, the life, the death, the resurrection and, and second, second coming, coming of Jesus sure. the Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we come into the gospel music, quote unquote, gospel music yeah. award shows, yeah. and you listen to some of these songs and they never mention Jesus, they never mention God, they never mention his death, his resurrection, they never mention any of that, mm. it loses the flavor of gospel music and now becomes inspirational music. Okay, so what's the difference between inspirational and gospel? Inspirational doesn't have to have a biblical context at all. Understood. Um, for it can ex- be what? Uh, just can, inspiring. It can be inspiring. It can be a song out of an experience. For example, the song that Marvin Sapp did, Never Would Have Made It. Right. If you did not know that he was talking about God, because I've heard that song on BLS and other uh, mainstream secular stations. Right. More often than I've heard it on the gospel stations. Right. Uh, whether it be XM or 1190. Mm-hmm. And if you did not know that he was talking about God, that song could easily be taken as he was talking to a significant other and said, mm. I could have never made this journey without you. I see. Very good. Well, there were a number of artists who went that route. Yeah. Maybe about uh, 10 years ago, uh, BB and CC Winans did a, a string of hits like that, kind of like. And they're uh, still doing them, as a matter of fact. Their last um, recording they did 
the same thing. So do you have a problem with that? Not that I have a problem with it, um, but the major issue behind it all is is that you need to be very clear as to what it is that you're doing mm. and why you're doing it. Don't mm-hmm. just do it because you want to find those people that have itching ears and mm. to make the money and to sell the records. But do it because you're trying to now bridge the gap between the church and the world. Okay. If that's really why you're doing it. Sure. So now, and watching these award shows, what are we doing, do you think? In other words, it's a gospel award show, and there are a few of them. We have the Stellar have Awards. Stellar Awards, uh, Celebration of Gospel. Celebration of Gospel. Which others? Uh, How Sweet the Sound, McDonald's right. Gospel Fest, exactly. Passmark Gospel Fest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not only do they come across as competitions, mm-hmm. which we can talk about too, it's like a celebration of peers celebrating each other. Right. Um... I think what it really is that we're doing, if I must be candid, please, we're sending mixed messages. Well, what messages do you think they're sending? Please be candid, as you said. Um, well, one message is that we're sending the message that's saying that we do honor God and we do worship God. But right. at the same time, like I said before, about going across the gap, um, we're really sending a message saying that we're doing this because... Um, we want to reach those people by any means necessary. Um, and that by any means necessary mind can kind of distort the real meaning behind what it is that we're trying to do. Hmm. Um, and you lose, once again, the salvation that you're trying to give to these people that are living in the world. You're trying to bring them closer to Christ. But are you going about it the right way is the question. Okay. When you say by any means necessary, are you talking about including secular artists in what we do? Including secular artists, um, including certain chords and melodic structures as well as rhythmic patterns. Um, There are a lot of songs that you listen to. You can hear um, some of the licks from Bootsy Collins or you can hear some licks from Billy Preston back in the day. Right. You can hear some of the new stuff that's out as well right. within a lot of the music. Okay. Um, and, for example, uh, Melodies from Heaven, when Kirk Franklin wrote that, right. the interlude that he did um, on the vamp, I'm listening to it and I'm going, I know that. But it wasn't that I knew it from church. I knew it from, you knew it from my from father a having song. been a DJ, sure. having been surrounded <laughs> by all of this R&B right. in the house. I knew it from a secular song. Right. Um, so I mean, well, he did that with a few of them. I mean, there was with, a Patrice Russian song, right. and then there was another one, right? Um, and then even when he started with God's Property, we're bringing Salt and Pepper in to do. Sure, that, that was uh, the whole George Clinton thing, exactly. Right, and you have a problem with that, obviously. Not so much that I have a problem with it, but like I said, you lose the. To me, you lose the meaning okay. behind the music. Now, I'm sure he would say that I'm trying to just get people who are not churchified, right? And that is what he actually said um, when someone brought that question up to him in a few interviews. So what's wrong with that? Um, It's not that anything is wrong with it, but now, like the old statement says, you have to catch the fish before you can clean it. Well, now that you've caught the fish, are you trying to clean it? Mm. Or are you trying to keep them in the same spot where they were 20 years ago? Okay. I've talked with a couple of other producers and people who are instrumental in the gospel industry about Mm. that. One guy in particular, David Ham, said discipleship was important. How do you feel about that once you... Get them in. Is it discipleship now that we need to do? Absolutely. Okay. Um, in fact, the church where I play, Trinity, the church motto is moving from membership to discipleship. Mm-hmm. It's not about just getting all of these people in there, but now it's getting people in to work for the kingdom okay. and to get other people to come into the fold. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, if it means that you have to go out and you have to take some music that they're accustomed to mm-hmm. and bring them in, 
I realize that gospel music is changing, yes. as with everything. Right. Um, because even when Walter Hawkins and Edward Hawkins came out with Oh Happy Day back in the 60s, yes. the church folks looked at them like they were crazy. Sure. Uh, because it was something different. Yeah, and we've talked about this on podcasts. Sure. <clears throat> I, I understand that. And even when Mahalia Jackson came out, I right. mean, she was shunned from the church. We talked about that, too. Right. Billy Preston, same thing. Exactly. So there's a fine line here. Very fine. You know, because when I'm listening, even in your tone, there's there's a little bit of a disdain in your tone when you talk about this stuff, like you're kind of unapproving. To a certain degree, I am. To okay. a certain degree, I am. Okay, um, so... Because it's not so much that we can use different rhythm, rhythmic patterns, excuse me, and melodic structures. I have no issues with that at all. Um, even in my own compositions, but, I try to incorporate everything. But, but at a certain degree, okay, is this stuff going to last? Or do we need to go back and reach back to the foundational hymns of the church and remember Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound? Mm. Because that stuff has been around for three, four hundred years. And it's, and not, it's not going, going anywhere. anywhere. Yeah, The stuff that we're listening to now, well, 10 years ago when, or 15 years ago when Hezekiah Walker came out with Clean Inside, when he did that with sure. uh, Love Fellowship. Sure, Make You Clean. Right. right. A whole lot of people nowadays probably don't even know what that song is. Right. They've never heard that song. So. Right. Stuff is changing so fast, and things in terms of the structure of gospel are changing so fast, and it's all about the next album. Um, mm-hmm. I've talked to a number of recording artists, having played for a number of them when mm-hmm. they were in the area, mm-hmm. and that's what it seems to be like. It, when you're talking about the business of gospel music in terms of the record, it's about what can you do for the next record. Okay, we've done this album. Now we've got to get prepared for the next two albums that we're going to do. Mm. Um, and so once again, you're losing the message behind what it is that you're doing because now all you're doing is focusing on making that next album so that you can adhere to the contract that you signed with the record company that you're with. You're not worried about the message of the song and how many lives you're going to save by mm-hmm. that song. Now we're, we're in a whole other discussion now, Scott. You know, <laughs> okay. now, now we're talking industry right. and we're talking about what is going to sell. Right. Um, and, and what is going to sell? It really depends. Um, if you're talking about a male chorus that's looking for some music, Lee Williams and the Spiritual QCs, that's going to sell mm. for the average male chorus because they like the quartet style of music. Right. But for someone that's my age that likes Which more, is I'm 25, I'm 25. sorry, mm-hmm. um, that looks at the more contemporary side, well, mm-hmm. they're going to look for Israel's and Mary Mary and right. Hezekiah Walker and Ty Tribbett. So I guess really the thing is you've got to be eclectic in what you do mm-hmm. to make sure that you're reaching everyone. Um, even as I say in my classroom, you have to meet them where they are. In your classroom, you are a teacher. Yes, sir. I'm an English teacher at Arts High School in Newark, New Jersey. Oh, I bet the kids get a kick out of you. Oh, yeah. That's we have good. fun. We That's have fun. good. Do they have music over there at the, yes. at the school? Yes, and I'm also the advisor for the gospel choir. Of course you are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's interesting to me that you're so young and you have such a fondness for traditional music. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's mainly because of the household I was brought up in. Like mm-hmm. I said, my mom was a musician. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of the musicians that I've been around, um, including the pastors that I played for, and I think it quite funny that most of the pastors that I played for are musicians as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they all are in the traditional. But like I said, they're not closed-minded to the new stuff, and neither am I. Mm-hmm. I'm always willing to listen. Um, I have choir members that come to me and say, well, can we do this? Can we do this? And I'm the kind of person, because I am an English teacher, I like to analyze everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to sit and I'm going to listen to a song and I'm going to look at the lyrics and read the lyrics and see, is it appropriate for what it is that we're doing? Mm-hmm. Because just because a song is out there on the top 40 does not necessarily mean that it's fit for you because it could have been a personal testimony sure. of someone. 
Sure. Um, and if it was their personal testimony, that testimony is not going to work for you if you didn't go through the same thing. Which have been a number of songs in the top 40 anyway. They've yes. turned out to be basically personal, personal testimonies. testimonies. Absolutely. Um, that other people just identify with. Right. We talked about Never Would Have Made It, but that was a personal testimony mm-hmm. with uh, Marvin Sapp losing his dad and then his wife being diagnosed with cancer. He was just crushed. And he said, he was just laying there and said, I, I never would have made it, mm-hmm. never would have made it. So that was his personal testimony. And like you said, everybody that listened to it was able to identify with it at some uh, juncture in their life mm-hmm. that God was there and they never would have made it without him. What about you, Scott? When are you going to come out with a CD project of your own? It is my prayer to get into the studio this year. Really? Yes, sir. Do I dare ask what type <laughs> of music you're going to come out with? Uh, well, I think this time I'm going to stick with um, the hymns of the church, just doing instrumentals. Instrumentals. Um, the next one that I'm going to be working on, actually with North Jersey District, we're recording next year. Um, they'll f- we'll feature some of my other uh, compositions for choir. Nice. Yes, nice. Sir. You want to give us a taste of uh, what you're going to grace us with in your CD project? Sure. Great. What did you have in mind? Um, I'll play Total Praise, uh, okay. which is a composition by Richard Smallwood. Nice, nice. the classic Total Praise yes, sir. by Scott Cumberbatch on Music with a Mission. TSC Music Radio's Music with a Mission, nicely done by Scott Cumberbatch, the classic Richard Smallwood, Total Praise. Very nice, Scott. Thank you, sir. Very nice. And uh, you say that's going to be on uh, 
your CD project coming out very soon. Quite possibly, yes. Um, that is probably the song that I want to begin the CD project with. Okay. Because that song has definitely ministered to me over the years. Now, we've covered a lot of stuff in a short period, a short of, period time, of time. And I just want to encompass what we talked about so I can understand you, Scott, and how you feel about things. You're saying, essentially, that the contemporary stuff that we have out there, contemporary Christian music, is good. But it doesn't have the sustainability Correct. Of hymns? Um, not so much just the hymns, but it doesn't really have the sustainability of um, making sure that the word is always given to people. Okay. Okay. So what is the purpose of contemporary music then? Well, that's the question. That's the question. Um, now, like I said, there are a lot of songs that are out there in contemporary music um, that people have put out that are absolutely wonderful mm-hmm. in terms of the message of the song. For example... Um, a song that I love, You're All I Need, um, that Hezekiah Walker recorded. Okay. I love that song. Right. I love that song. Um, and it is it has a powerful message. It has a powerful meaning behind the song. Yeah. And every chance that I get with one of the choirs that I play for, we sing that song uh, because it ministers to all of us as we minister to other people. Okay. Um, and so if every song were to have that value, that sustainability value, we'd be fine. But the question is, like I said before, are we looking for making new songs just to satisfy those itching ears, or are we making songs to satisfy the Word of God? Hmm. What do you listen to? Do you always listen to hymns? I listen to everything. Okay, so you do listen to contemporary. What contemporary do you listen to? Um, I am a fan of Hezekiah Walker. Um, I do like some of Kirk's stuff, some of Ty Tribbett's stuff. I see. Uh, Kirk Carr is probably one of my favorite contemporary artists. Okay. Okay. Um, Everything that he does is just over the top anyway, but I love it. Right, right, it. right, right. Um, any of any of the underground stuff that's out? Do you listen to any of the um, underground stuff? Not really. Mm-hmm. Not really. Um, How do you feel about that? I really don't have a problem with it. Okay. I don't have a problem You know with what it. I mean when I say underground? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Undergr- absolutely. Underground rock. Not those mainstream. Underground hip-hop. Right. Um, Christian artists. There are a lot of people that do different things. Yeah. And like I said, everyone has the right to do. Um, and if that means that they're going to be reaching five people here because they're doing underground stuff, right. well, five is just as good as reaching 5,000. Sure. Um, and I have no problem with it. Okay. I have no problem with it. Okay. What do you think about competitions? We touched on that just a little bit, and we're going to be talking about that in upcoming podcasts. We're going to get some industry people on and uh, get their opinion on things. But uh, you being in the musical realm, um, what do you think about competitions? You know, McDonald's Gospel Fest and Lift Every Voice and things like that. Uh, we even have television shows that are competitions. What do you think about that? Right. Um, I don't have a problem with them yeah. um, if they don't restrict the spirit. For example, when they did um, Sunday's Best, when they had um, the gentleman from the down television in, show. Right. Sure. They had the gentleman from down in Philadelphia and weekly he would after he finished singing, the judges, they knew that he was a minister. Um, but weekly after he finished singing, worship would just break forth. Okay. Um, they didn't have a problem with letting him say a word if he had a word on his heart to right. say. Um, and it wasn't just him. It was anybody. Okay. It, just, it was free worship. Okay. So you don't think that was choreographed or anything? No, you think, not at all. You think that was not just a, a, um, a free flowing? It was for real. Okay. It was for real. Okay. Um, and even with McDonald's Gospel Fest, which I've had a number of opportunities to play for, the auditions, okay. um, because I'm very good friends with the musical director for that. Right. Um, and I've seen just how some of the auditions have gone, mm-hmm. where worship is just taking place, and it's, hey, fine, let it go. 
Okay. We're not going to restrict it. We're not going to stop okay, it. Okay, so you're saying so then as long that, as the value of that is, it remains. So you're saying the competitions are a vehicle for worship. It should be. It could be. It could be. Okay. Right. Now, the problem is, is it always? Right. Because, um, I mean, when I think of competitions, it's like, who are we competing <clears throat> against? Right. And why are we competing? Why are we competing if we're all producing the same message? Exactly. We're all singing the same Exactly. Message? Can you answer that? Um, no, I really can't because <laughs> okay. I've been seeking that answer myself. Well, I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> I've been seeking that answer myself. Why do people do that? Yeah. And why is it permissible for people to do that? Yeah. yeah. Um, particularly when it comes to gospel music, something that's so sacred, something that's so um, so ingrained in the church, yeah. and ingrained in the word of God. Why is it okay for us to do that? I've never seen any of the choirs that you've conducted, but I've seen some choirs who are choreographed. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? Um, it's, I'm not going to say it's a give and take, um, but usually when it comes to the choirs that I deal with, I don't do the choreographed movements at all. You know what stuff. I mean? When I say, you know, yeah. that everybody, dips, everybody together dips together and the hands move together. in the same right. direction. Um, to me, you almost lose once again, you lose what it is that you're trying to do okay. and people can get caught up so much into the dance moves and the choreographed moves right. that they're completely missing what it is that you're singing about. Okay. Um, so I'm fine with the clapping cause that's scriptural, that's sure. biblical. Sure. Um, but when it comes to doing all the dancing, there's a time and a place for everything. Yeah. And you just got to be very cognizant of the time and the place mm-hmm. that you don't, uh, lose what it is that you're trying to get across to people through your ministry. Understood. We're cognizant of the time and place too, and it's time for us to take a break. Okay. okay. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break. Uh, We're going to come back and we're going to talk more music, more music ministry. We're going to find out a little bit more about you when we talk to Scott Cumberbatch as Music with a Mission continues. God is incredible. God is with you. God is aware of your struggle. God is ready to forgive. God is powerful. God is your friend. God is a good listener. God is for you. God is willing to help. God is and always will be. God is able to protect. God is. Good. His power to change. God is Jesus. God is here. God now. is the one who loves you. God is merciful. God is the husband to the women. God is the one with your God is there when no one else is. TSC Music Radio, where God is. This is Carter Conlon from Times Square Church. I want to speak today to people who have lost heart. When you were young, you had dreams. When you went to college, you had aspirations. You thought your life was going to be other than what it's turned out to be. And now sorrow is in your heart. You don't know where to turn. You don't know what to do. In the Bible, there was a man called Peter, and he experienced this. He'd had great zeal, even for God. But eventually, his life just ended up a denial of the reality and the existence of God. And he went out, and he wept bitterly over his condition. Now, I know I'm speaking to somebody who's been crying over the kind of a person that you've turned out to be. The beauty of this is that when he began to pray, Jesus Christ appeared to him, walked into a room where he was, and said to him, Peace be unto you. That's the greeting of God to those who turn to prayer. Peace. It's time to pray. To find a prayer meeting in your area, visit nycprayer.org.
TSC Music Radio's Music with a Mission. I'm Derek Davis, and we are back having a spirited conversation or a spiritual conversation with our guest, keyboardist and minister of music, Scott Cumberbatch, as we just delve into music ministry. I hope we don't get any hate mail after this. Well, right? not at all. Okay, no, you no. don't think so, huh? Nah. Okay, good. Okay, interesting. During the break, Scott, um, our engineer and uh, drummer, musician in his own right, Harry Vaughn, kind of brought up an interesting point to me. He said, Derek, he says, you know, gospel music kind of changed when electricity came into play, when a lot of instrumentation came into play. How do you feel about that? Well, as a musician first, um, I have no problem with having the different musical accompaniment and accoutrement when it comes to music um, and the choir. But all musicians have to be cognizant that they are the accompaniment and not to be playing over the choir. Um, but, I mean, is there any truth to that? Did the meat of hymns change when we added more instrumentation? No, not at all. Not at all, because the lyrics were always still there. Okay. Um, and they will always be there. Right. But it was just now adding a different flavor to the song. And then, of course, rhythmically, if a song was written in 4-4, four, four, instead of it being so straight and so to the music, now you were able to add a little bit more rhythm to it and you were able to have a little bit more flexibility when it came to um, even some of the melodic structure of the songs. Okay, for the benefit of those who don't know, 4-4 four, four is the time... Common time. Time yes, signature. Time signature. Yes, okay. So 4-4, uh, four, four, it would be a kind of a straightforward kind of thing? 4-4. Four, four. Uh, it would just be a simple count. One, two, three, four, one, two, three. So instead of it having that very rigid sound, it could have more of a beat to it. For example, if you were to take What a Fellowship, which is a very common hymn, instead of having it... Right, right. Straight like that, mm-hmm. you know, once the beat and the drums and the different instrumentation came into the church, you to play with this. Okay. It's the same song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. It's the same song. And which and which do you prefer? How do you prefer to to, to play it? Um, personally, music has to have some life. Okay. So I prefer it the second way. Sure. Um, just to kind of give it some life and to sure. get people clapping and get people into the song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there any other way to play what you've just played that wouldn't be? Because some people may find that offensive. In terms of? In terms of the way you played it. Absolutely. They may say, you know, that's just too jazzy. Right. Have you ever uh, faced that? Oh, some, yeah. <laughs> some, oh, of the, yeah. <laughs> some of the older older members of the church? Absolutely. Right? And what do you? how do you deal with that? Um, so you just, once again, survey the audience, see who it is that you're playing to mm-hmm. um, and playing for. Yeah. And know what it is that they would like. Now, some of the older ones might like that because right. they might have been swinging in the jazz club back in the day. <laughs> and it just kind of brought back some right, memories. Right, right. Um, but then those staunch church folks that you've had that have been in the church for 75, 80 years yeah. that want to hear it straight, well, if that's the way they want to hear it, then let sure. me play it because that's sure. what's ministering to them. What type of Christian music do you primarily play in churches that you're assigned to? I mean, I do everything. I do everything from spirituals to hymns to anthems to contemporary gospel, traditional gospel. Okay. Um, you, you mentioned that you'll be going to a rehearsal leaving here. Yes. I assume it will be a young adult choir? The youth choir at um, 6 o'clock, and then after the youth choir, I go into mass choir rehearsal. Okay, I was right. Okay, so what would you play for 
the young adult choir, for instance. For the young adult choir, um, we talked about your all I need before, so I will. Sure, sure. So there is an importance of relating, not only to the congregation, but to the people who are actually ministering the music, no? Right, right. So you, you find that important that they're relatable so they can be believable? Yes, yes. Um, and it's not so much that it can be believable, but you want to make sure that you're relative to the audience because just because the message of you're all I need is there, the older folks, like we were just talking about, the older folks will get turned off just because of the uh, beat of the song. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's too worldly. That doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound like it belongs in the church. Yeah. Um. So if you were able to cut all that stuff away and just let them listen to the words, they might be able to get it. But, of mm-hmm. course, because that rarely happens, mm-hmm. um, if it happens at all, uh, you have to, once again, like I said, just be um, in tune with who it is that you're ministering with and to. You said, you know, that's too worldly. I've heard that so many mm-hmm. times. It's such a dilemma with us in Christian music. Because on the one hand, we want to have something that people can identify with and, as we said, be relatable. Right. But if it's too worldly, how can it be relatable? Or if it's too worldly, is it relatable? Because you have to remember that those that come into the church, for the most part, um, nowadays especially, are not people that were raised in the church. So right. They're coming from the world into the church. Right. So you want them to be comfortable um, and be able to identify somehow or another with the church. Okay, so what do we do? That's my point. That's that Catch-22 situation. Right. Um, sometimes like, which you, comes first, the chicken or the egg? Kind exactly. Of but sometimes and all the time, um, as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to ministry, ministry is uncomfortable. Hmm. So you have to do things that are outside of your norm. You have to do things that are outside of your comfort zone. That's interesting that you said that. Ministry is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It should be. If you're comfortable in your ministry, that means that you're not effective in what you're doing. So oftentimes you're driving in someone else's lane. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Is that what you're saying? Sometimes that happens. No Um, kidding. Yeah. And like I'll get the phone calls or I'll get the emails and say, well, why are we doing this? Well, what is this for? Right. Um, and to the same degree, I'll turn around and say, well, what do you want to do that for? What's the purpose? Right. Um, and so you have that common banter that goes back and forth. But like I said, um, if you're doing effective ministry and you're doing it for the right reason, it mm. should be uncomfortable. Yeah. You should yeah. love what you do, but it also should have some sort of com- uncomfortability. Too. I've heard it said that the seven words that kill any ministry are this is how we've always done it. Absolutely. So. That being said, how effective then are hymns? Um, hymns are always effective because once, but uh, that once people understand that the hymn itself, because everything that's in the hymnal is not a hymn. Hymn, by definition, is a song that is based on scripture. But this is how we've always done it. But it doesn't have to be the way you've always done it. Okay, it's the same message, just with a different take on it. It's so interesting, though, we, you know, we had Greg Thomas, Minister of Music, mm-hmm. which is how you're affiliated with TSC yes, Music. Sir. You know him, right? Yes, sir. How far do you guys go back? Um, okay, all right. For most of my life. <laughs> okay, okay. For most of my life. But it's interesting. We just had him on, and um, he was telling me a story about uh, a rehearsal that he was having, and 
they were trying to come up with a new arrangement on Draw Me Nearer. Okay. And the arrangement just was not working. He said it was just not working. Mm -hmm. And he told me, he said, you know, we just went back to the way it was written. Right. And the anointing just fell in the rehearsal. So, again, it's kind of a catch-22. This is how we've always done it. Can kill a ministry. But But sometimes it can help. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it can help. And that's that's my point. That's right. what I think I'm trying to get at. Yeah, yeah. You have some things coming up soon. Uh, you have a benefit concert coming up in Inglewood, New Jersey. Tell us a bit about that. Yes, sir. Um, North Jersey District, the Missionary Baptist Association um, of New Jersey, we are having a benefit concert for um, scholarships. It is a mass choir that has now a total of 263 people that are wow. part of it. Wow. Um, and we are excited about this concert. This will be our fourth concert that we've done together. Mm-hmm. Um, and the choir just keeps growing and growing and growing. Really? Um, part of the proceeds are going to the UNCF, and then the other part is going to the district's scholarship fund for students that are going to college. Nice. Very nice. Yes, when you have a choir of that size, that magnitude, mm-hmm. how do you keep everybody kind of corralled and well, what we do is instead of it just being me as the person that's always standing in front of them, mm-hmm. um, I'm one of the directors. Our moderator, Dr. Lester Taylor, is one of the uh, choir directors, and, of course, he's a musician as well, so he'll mm-hmm. teach some stuff. And we have a number of other people that are part of the district that will come in and do different things, and then we'll invite guests from outside of the district as well to come in and kind of break up the monotony of just having that one person that's always standing in front sure. of them. With over with hundreds of people in a choir, ever have any clashes between? This group has been together for two and a half years now. Nice. Um, and to God be the glory, we haven't had any rifts yet. Yeah, to God be the glory is right. Good, great, great. You know, I got to get you to sing one more song before you leave, simply because it's kind of our tradition here at Music with a Mission. We we like to get you to sing. <laughs> okay. Especially since I can't, so you know. <laughs> okay. okay. What did you have in mind? Um, another song that comes to mind, and I've been thinking about the song all week. Don't know why, but when I see Jesus, oh, um, which was originally recorded by Douglas Miller. Nice, nice. When I see Jesus, by our guest Scott Cumberbatch, on music with a mission. <laughs> I've learned how to live holy. I've learned how to live right. I've learned, I've learned how to suffer. For if I trials will all be over 
I see Jesus. Excellent, Scott. Thank you. Sir. Excellent. Excellent. It took me back, too, because that was one of the hymns I grew up on. You know what I mean? When I see Jesus. Amen. Scott Cumberbatch, it was so good talking with you and so good to have you here on Music with a Mission. Thank you so much. It was great being here. I yeah. thoroughly enjoyed myself. All the best in what you got coming up. I know you got the Benefit concert coming up real soon. Uh, once again, for the benefit of, of our listeners, that is going to be on February... 23rd. 23rd, and yes. that'll be in Inglewood, New Jersey. What church is that? The Community Baptist Church Community at 224 Baptist. First Street. Okay, and what time does that start? It starts at 7.30. Okay. Promptly. Okay. <laughs> it's like, don't be late, because yes, you'll catch it in the middle of the service. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Scott. Cumberbatch, uh, great man of God. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Take joy, my king, in what you hear, and let it be a sweet sound in your ear. We sincerely hope and pray that this podcast is a sweet sound in your ear. By the way, we do want to hear what you think about Music with a Mission. We want your tips, hints, questions, and suggestions. Email your comments to music at timesquarechurch.org or check out TSC Music on Facebook and Twitter. And, of course, visit the website, www.tscnyc.org slash music. Portions of music in this podcast provided by TSC Music, produced by the director of TSC Music, Greg Thomas, mixed and engineered by Harry Vaughn, and special administrative assistance for Maggie Diaz. Remember, if ever we put the messenger before the message, we have failed to present an unblemished gospel. I'm Derek Davis. Join us next time on Music with a Mission.